Thank you for joining us on this Linder Farm Network Field Talk podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. Soybeans are a big deal in Minnesota with an estimated 7.7 million acres planted in 2021 and estimated production of 373 million bushels. Minnesota is the nation's third leading soybean producing state. Roughly half of the nation's soybean production is exported. In fact, soybeans are the nation's top agricultural export. The U.S. exported over $25 billion worth of soybeans and soy products in 2021. Minnesota farmers contribute to their own success through the Soybean Checkoff. Today we talk with Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council CEO Tom Slinica about the role of the MSRPC in areas of growth for soybean products. Tom, first and foremost, I understand most farmers uh, know that they're contributing to the Soybean Checkoff, but how does it work and what is the the checkoff funding that uh, you guys um, have access to? What is that all used for? Yeah, well, the checkoff uh, was was established by the Federal Act and Order, which is the law that uh, requires that for soybean farmers, one half of 1% of the value of their soybeans be collected for promotion. Um, soybeans wasn't the first commodity in the U.S. Uh, to do this, uh, but they were fairly early in the process. And since that time, uh, you know, soybeans have moved from a very small acreage to uh, roughly half of all of U.S. Uh, row crop acreage and uh, now worth billions of dollars. So, so I think overall, the checkoff has, has done a great job and it's something that farmers have been contributing to for a long time. So then tell me a little bit about the role of the council. I mean, farmers contribute to it. What does the council do then and how does that uh, investment get made? Well, the council is elected by the farmers themselves in each and every state. And here in Minnesota, uh, we have 15 districts. And so those names will come up. So when you see that letter from the uh, Minnesota uh, Department of Ag asking you to vote, that is your chance to give your representation on that board. Um, we're constantly seeking qualified farmers to run for those positions uh, because we need the best of the best making the decisions on how this money is spent. So every dollar that is spent uh, of checkoff money uh, is decided upon by that 15-member board, um, and uh, they're very, very in tune to what the dollars are to be used for, and then they're also uh, heavily scrutinizing uh, the results of said projects. Now, understanding that there's there's two organizations, you're housed in the same building, and I think that might be uh, uh, confusing for some folks. You have the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association as well as the council. Touch on the difference between those two. The Minnesota Growers Association was actually established prior to the checkoff, and that is the lobbying arm uh, of of the of the soybean farmer representation. And so they have one single purpose, and that is to uh, uh, inform and educate and influence policy. Now. You need to put that in a box because that is exactly what they do and all they do. The checkoff organization, while we are housed together and we share some resources of staff, uh, they run completely autonomous of one another. The checkoff organization does none of the things that the Growers Association does. And uh, so we're looking for promotion and education of the value of soybeans, not the policies that determine uh, a lot of farm profitability. When you talk about some of the investments, what areas does the council work in? 
Well, I think the the one that everybody uh, talks about a lot is, of course, biodiesel. That's one example of an initiative that was started largely here in Minnesota and then and then moved out to the rest of the nation. Minnesota was, was has always been a lead in, leader in biofuels, and biodiesel is no different. Um, so the research that went into making those plants uh, uh, that have a successful technology, uh, that was started here with checkoff dollars. Uh, the same thing is true of many of our soybean varieties that we have today. Uh, if you look at cis nematode um, uh, and uh, some traits uh, along those lines, whether it be IDC, um, uh, some of the stem rot diseases, those initial investments were made by the checkoff organization in collaboration with the U of M. Now those traits have now been moved out all across the nation and none of that would have happened had it not been for checkoff investment. And now market development, obviously too. I mean, a lot of our soybeans are exported, a lot are profit processed here as well for livestock industry, et cetera. But uh, what type of market development activities does your organization work on? You know, for decades, the Chekhov organization has tried to break into new markets. Uh, it wasn't really that many years ago that we were not selling to China. Uh, and now we're not only selling to China, we're back in making a play to get into the EU. Uh, uh, Western Europe is starting to look at our soybeans again. So how those activities uh, become a reality is that um, uh, educated staff and contractors will look at markets They'll identify who the key players are in those markets, and then we'll start to have uh, interaction with those folks. Uh, people from China will come here. We'll go to China. We'll go to these other countries. We'll get to know them, and we'll tell them about the quality of the soybeans here in Minnesota. Um, they'll then think about it. It takes years of, of, of relationship building, but in time, we've seen... Uh, new markets from all over the world occur simply because we reached out with our hand and said, Hey, we're here. We've got a quality product. And, and, and they have decided that, that we were the right place to buy from. We're also seeing domestically a lot of move towards the decarbonization, the low carbon fuel standards in uh, on the West Coast, as well as uh, moving towards bioheat uh, utilization in, in the East Coast. How is that activity changing some of the value equation? I mean, for years, obviously, the soybean oil was uh, an excess product or a little bit of a drag on the market. Now it seems that that's kind of become a, a shining star. How has that whole equation changed? Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing that the soybean checkoff and, and uh, promotion efforts have helped in, in making that happen as well. You know, it's an amazing sea change in the value of soybeans due to renewable diesel. Uh, and renewable diesel is there only because biodiesel plowed that road first, um, especially when you look at bioheat on the East Coast. So consumers on the East Coast, um, you know, we'll remember back when we were kids, the fuel oil truck would show up and, and dump oil into the basement. And we've moved away from that largely in the Midwest here uh, to, to, you know, to a lot of propane and electric uh, but on the East Coast, that's not true. There are millions of consumers that still have that fuel truck show up and dump petroleum into their basement tank. Bioheat is the answer for those consumers. It's safer, it burns cleaner, better for the environment, uh, and it hits their renewable uh, requirements uh, on, that, on that East Coast region. 
Minnesota Research and Promotion Council has been a long promoter of BioHeat. We help establish some of the very first uh, communications uh, with those distributors, and it wasn't easy. Big Oil did not want to see us in there, uh, but we were able to convince them that uh, biodiesel in the BioHeat uh, uh, construct or in that marketplace was the right thing for them to do. They've now gone on and and they have a thirty percent bioheat mandate taking place, uh, which is going to consume uh, really all of the oil that could be created here in Minnesota. So that one market alone has changed the value of our soybeans. Um, soybean oil is now at, on today's date uh, worth more than the meal. And so it is the driving factor of, of the value of soybeans. And none of that would have happened without checkoff investment. On the flip side, that's got to be good news also for then for livestock producers, as uh, obviously we have you know, a substantial livestock industry here in Minnesota. If, if the oil demand uh, is strong, I'm guessing that uh, meal availability and perhaps uh, you know some beneficial prices would also be a result, which would be good news for them as well. It is certainly a win-win, one that uh, one that I don't think anybody really could have planned for. Um, uh, with with the new crush capacity that's reported to be coming on board, uh, meal prices uh, should be a very favorable product for livestock production. Minnesota is really blessed in that uh, we have strong animal agriculture here, both poultry and uh, uh, swine production in the state. We're number one in turkeys. We're number three in swine. Um, and a lot of room for growth in that area. Um, and so those producers are going to benefit from the fact that the biodiesel market was created. It, it really is a hand-in-glove effect. And, uh, of course, if there's more hog and poultry uh, units in the countryside, that also means that we're going to have better uh, quality fertilizers, uh, more natural fertilizers on our soil, which is going to decrease that as well. So uh, agriculture is proving to do what consumers want, which is a healthier environment, uh, more sustainable agriculture. And we're just doing it naturally because it's the right thing to do. And now farmers obviously look towards uh, any investment they make as having a positive return. That's certainly what they want. That's certainly what we're after. Profitability is all, uh, you know, that's that's the name of the game. I guess, how does the uh, soybean checkoff contribute to that return on investment? And, and are farmers getting uh, their money's worth, so to speak, out of what they're contributing to the soybean checkoff? Well, if if you just add a few cents per every bushel of soybeans grown because of the biodiesel that we just talked about, your return on investment of that half, one half of one percent comes back pretty darn quick. So, so uh, we're very confident that that uh, we're providing return on investment for Minnesota farmers that that pay checkoff. But again, to make sure that those investments in the very large amount of programs that are reviewed and funded. Um, are uh, giving that ROI, it's actually the first thing that a contractor has to do before they'll ever receive any funding from the the uh, council is that they have to show this is what the return is going to be. So those those farmers on that board are watching for that ROI. They're monitoring that ROI. Uh, not all programs are successful, uh, which is the great thing about the checkoff. It gives the opportunity for new ideas that 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 may work but may not work to get a chance to prove themselves. So the farmers will look at those programs, they'll they'll weigh the risk as as the overall uh, investment that they make each year 
and then they'll monitor them. Those new ideas that uh, prove successful or have promise will be reviewed again in the next year, uh, and the process happens all over again. So ROI is top of mind for this board of directors. Um, and, um, uh, I think that, uh, you'll see in the many ways that we, uh, put out stories, whether it be in the soybean business magazine or, uh, in our, uh, online, uh, communication tools, you'll see that we talk about that ROI often. And I'm, I guess, touching on research a little bit again, too. I mean, we have seen over the years soybean production spread throughout the state. What used to be uh, wheat country primarily is now uh, heavily soybean country as well as the, the capability of growing soybeans has changed. But that also has come about as a result of research that has been funded and supported uh at the University of Minnesota that's public research to help folks grow soybeans better and, and understand some of the challenges that uh, that come with soybean production. I guess, how would you uh, attribute what the council and what the checkoff has done to help grow that industry here in Minnesota? So I've, I've been CEO here now for 10 years, and I've seen a dramatic change just in that time frame. And I think there was even a larger change the 10 years prior to that. Uh, the Two of the largest soybean producing counties in the United States are in uh, northwest Minnesota. And uh, from an acre standpoint, they're, they're two of the largest counties in the whole U.S. That used to be wheat country, um, and but soybeans has been a consistent uh, provider of farm income now. Uh, over wheat for, for many years. Wheat, of course, is still a brilliant uh, rotational crop, um, but we're seeing the farmers are making those decisions based on the fact that they've got varieties that work better in the north than ever before. Their yields are better. The disease packages are good. Um, and now with the introduction of new crush plants like the Ag Innovation Campus in Crookston, there's going to be places to get those processed. And not all of the whole beans that are produced there have to be shipped to China. We can actually process them right there at home. So touch on that briefly, if you would, Tom, that Ag Innovation Campus that is happening up there. What does that all include and what's its purpose? Well, the Ag Innovation Campus is just a, a brilliant investment by the uh, checkoff organization. They helped to get that started. Um, there's also large investments from, from the state uh, supported by um, MDA. Um, and what it is, is, is it's, a, it's a small crush facility, but its, it's real design is to help new ideas come to market. So for decades, the checkoff, not just in Minnesota, but across the nation, have invested in new varieties, new compositional trait varieties, uh, perhaps a, a high oil or a higher protein or, or various other compositional traits. But getting a large processor like those here in Mankato to take just a couple truckloads to see whether or not it really pans out, virtually impossible. They can't afford to shut down their system and clean out to run a couple truckloads. So there are very, very few uh, small uh, processing facilities that are open to the concept of, yes, we're going to help you prove whether or not your technology works or doesn't work. The Ag Innovation Campus is designed to do that. It is a non-for-profit organization, so it's not so concerned about the profit margin of running these small loads. It's all about, uh, can we make agriculture better in the future? Um, we believe that within five years, there'll be new varieties coming out that were tested in that facility that are now getting on tens of thousands of acres. And without a facility like this, we would never have those opportunities. 
So to, to wrap things up, Tom, I guess if folks have questions about, uh, you know, where their checkoff investment is going, the, the return, what are some of the resources that you have available for them to learn a little bit more about what's happening? Well, I think the easiest one is if they're getting Soybean Business Magazine, uh, they see the annual report. Uh, that's that's put in the magazine uh, once a year. Um, that also can, can be found online. Um, uh, so that's going to be your number one resource. Uh, but your most important and most engaging resources is going to be those county representatives uh, that, that were elected by the farmers. Um, those 15 directors are open for your phone calls. They will discuss uh, every aspect of the checkoff with you and, and give you a local explanation as to what those resources are doing for you. For more information on the soybean checkoff, visit mnsoybean.org. Thanks for joining us on this Field Talk podcast.